you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's on American Family Radio. Oh, is that me? <laughs> huh? Is there an echo? <laughs> no, you sound fine to me. Are you sure? Uh, I don't I think so. I can hear me talking to me. You can hear you talking to you. Let's see. If I, I don't know. Okay, on American Family. There it is. It's gone. Okay. I, I heard it was weird. Which now I understand. <laughs> now I understand how our listeners feel. <laughs> how do you guys do it every day for an hour? Oh my goodness, that was a, that was a bit much. Um, I just I heard oh. me talking to me as I was talking, it but was it went weird. away. It did. It's gone. Still it's better now. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I hear myself now, but I don't know. <laughs> wow, it's gonna okay. be a tough. Yeah. It's gonna be a tough program. We'll get through Good it. Good thing though. I don't um, talk much. Oh, hey, wow. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be here all week, people. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. That was just a weird uh, thing. But it's it's funny, though, because I I do want to say this. Uh, Thanks. Thank you for being here and listening. Uh, during this time, it's interesting to hear your own voice coming back at you. I'm Miki, <laughs> and what, I'm Will. Is what I was going to say. Hey, and Sweet Victory and and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate the program today. Today, I I want to take a look at what is going on in the area of uh, our healthcare and hospitals. Um, it was brought to my attention. I was in an article that um, is really a shocking article Mm. uh, looking at what is potentially, well, what is happening. It's not potentially happening. It's not on the horizon. What is happening in hospitals today? Mm -hmm. And it is the same thing that began happening in corporate America back in 2002. Let me just go back here for, for the sake of our listeners. Do you remember a time? And I want you to just think about this. Do you remember a time when you um, were able to walk into a store and you were not bombarded with like rainbow flag uh, paraphernalia. <laughs> you, do you remember a time yeah. where people didn't wear, you know, pride T-shirts and well, that wasn't that and, long ago. And exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> there were not um, these, you know, transgender um, advocates greeting you at the door and right. and wearing pronouns and, and all of these things that now think about this. I, I really want people to st- take a step back because. You know, we are designed by God in such a way that humans adjust fairly easily. You know, we just kind of get used to things and and those things become almost a new normal for us. And so in some ways, it's, you know, it's it's a wonderful design in that we don't have to face sustained trauma because of change. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we we are able to respond to a situation and say, okay, I can I can work under this or I, I can deal with this, I can manage this. And another way it's it's actually quite destructive when we are not able to be discerning enough to resist those things that are harmful. Right. So there's some good change that happens in life. We're able to adapt, to adjust, if you will, and say, OK, all right, I got it. This is, is I can work through this. And then we move on so that we're not like ma- managing sustained and I use this word lightly here, trauma. Okay. Um, but when you look at what has happened in corporate America since 2002, when the Human Rights Campaign first released their Corporate Equality Index 
and they were scraping together companies to get them to participate in this in-house survey. Now, if you go back and listen to the archives of our show, Mm -hmm. we spent one June going through the corporate equality index and I, the aim was just to, to, to reveal to you why we are where we are. When, when you've got employees who, um, actually they ended up being vindicated, these, uh, Kroger employees, but when you've got Mm -hmm. employees who are saying, I'm not going to wear a rainbow heart emblazoned on my, my smock here at work. Like I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Uh, this violates my conscience. I believe that the Lord has outlined what marriage is and natural affection. I'm so I'm not going to wear, they were vindicated. They won their lawsuit. They settled their, they won their lawsuit against Kroger Mm -hmm. uh, being wrongfully terminated and good for them. But, but one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted to say, and this was before their case, but I I wanted to say, this is why we are where we are. This is why every June, (laughs) every June, you will see these companies bending over backwards, trying to gain their corporate equality points. So the corporate equality index is on a scale of 100. And there are all of these hoops. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like it's like best in show. It's like a it's like a dog show. OK, that all of these companies, they must jump through these hoops. They must walk this line. They must do a quick turnaround. They must heal. They must come. They must all of these things. And, and if the companies do this just right, then they get to boast of having a score of 100 on this corporate equality index that is handed out every year by the human rights campaign. Mm-hmm. OK, and how are the companies measured? Do they provide training for uh, diversity and for equity and inclusion? And this has expanded over the years now, right? So since 2002, there wasn't so much of the talk about the transgender component of the LGBTQ, you know, yeah. that, that was still that, sort of on the fringe in 2002. Right. And that's in a lot of things. You'll see they don't yes. have record for that, but they have for the other things, you know, so that has exploded on the scene that's exactly right that's exactly right and so now it's expanded and now the the transgender piece has come full mm-hmm. on out to the right. front no longer hiding and crouching in and the that's corners by design now. that's by design that was a part of the plan that was the playbook right mm-hmm. you'll 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 know when it's your turn to come out of the corners and now that has happened okay and i'm not saying that to be ugly i'm saying that because i've read the playbook i'm right. saying that because it actually was it. a design tactic yeah like they it, couldn't it was just lead about. with that they couldn't lead no. with because that would be bad for their movement <laughs> exactly right yeah. oh my goodness Man. so um okay so so in 2002, you've got the Corporate Equality Index. You've got a few companies that agreed to be uh, surveyed, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, are you guys doing this? You know, what's what's your policy on um, benefits for partners that are not officially married, but they are living together? They're, you know, married partner ben- benefits, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing out in the community to show your support for our community? Mm-hmm. What are you doing to make yourself visible to our people. This would be namely LGBTQ plus people. So the mm-hmm. corporate equality index, and I'm oversimplifying this. There's several questions that are asked. There's several areas. I've gone through the index. There's several areas where they can gain points and lose points. And the whole aim is to get to a perfect 100. Right. Okay. That's the aim. Right. <clears throat> so I want you to think about what you've seen happen in corporate America mm-hmm. since 2002. I want you to think about just the changes that you've seen happen Dang. In corporate America, yeah. where their advertising dollars are oh. going, where their campaigns are, what's happening in their stores, yeah. where their employees are, where Everywhere. their 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 yeah. corporate executives are. Yeah. I want you to think about this and think about where corporations are in America. Mm-hmm. 
Think also that this is driven by the desire to be able to boast that we have earned a perfect 100 on on an index Mm -hmm. that an activist organization made up. They just they decided this is what we want to see. So, guys, I I want you to listen, (laughs) man. It it, it, it gives you your importance in society. My goodness. It kind of it ranks you on that scale and say, you know, you are. Um, woke it and woke or you you know you are part of the the people who are tolerant and so you so can be can accepted you, can you imagine the 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 type of thinking behind this to be able to come up with a survey i want you okay will the great you mm-hmm. could probably come up with a survey of questions mm-hmm. that you would ask people that pertain to you and and this would be meant for people to understand how you want to be treated. Yeah. You probably could come up with a survey like, you know, that that you would yeah. check off the boxes. Do people do this? Do they do that? Right. <laughs> the question is, are you going to get enough people to care that this is what you want? This is mm. how you want them to respond. Are you going to get mm. enough people to feel pressure that, OK, man, I want to get a perfect score on yeah. Will's index yeah. here. I, I want Will to. So so I'm, I'm mm. the thing that blows my mind mm-hmm. Is that you've got an activist organization mm-hmm. that presents itself immediately as what it is. It, it didn't mm-hmm. even come like a, you know, we are the children, feed our children but, sponsorship. But, like none of but that. It linked itself to a, a real struggle. Yes. It linked itself to the struggles in the black community. That's historically. right. Historically. That's right. And so now the, the bleeding hearts, oh, you know, man, you guys understand the struggle. And mm-hmm. so they, they, they uh, successfully link being black with with that being that homosexual ag- yeah and that's, so i mean that's point blank that's what it is and you're exactly right to point that out because that is the way that was the path of least resistance yeah. that it became a civil rights issue and yep. that anyone who would not want to gain a perfect 100 score is the same as bull connor exactly anyone who who wouldn't want to yeah exactly so if, you, so if you don't want yes yes the dogs if yeah. you don't want a perfect 100 on this corporate equality index if you if it's not your aim to have a perfect 100, mm. you are strongly signaling to us that you want to live in a Jim Crow era. That's that's Man. what it was. You're exactly yep. right. That's exactly what it was. And so at any rate, whether by hook or crook, mm-hmm. and, and and a lot of people who should have been greatly outraged and offended mm-hmm. were being paid well. Mm-hmm. They ate well and they lived well. And mm-hmm. so they didn't care. Right? They right. didn't care. They didn't care about <laughs> real um, uh, appropriation. <laughs> they didn't care about that. Mm. People have appropriated your struggle. You want to talk about whether or not people get braids in their hair? Mm. They have appropriated a real struggle of a real people. And you want to talk about whether or not this ethnic group should wear braids because that's <laughs> appropriation. <laughs> Man, sit down. So so the human rights campaign, mm-hmm. after successfully appropriating a real struggle, were able to make wide gains in corporate America to where now you've got these Fortune 500 companies, you've got these top companies that are falling all over themselves to earn a perfect 100 on the Human Rights Campaign's Corporate Equality Index. <laughs> made up word. It's a made up they, word. They just made it <laughs> up. This is, like, this is what we, we want. We are the standard. And that's, this, that's right. We're going to make up this That's index. right. We, we've, oh, got, we've got a list goodness. of questions that we need you to answer. So here's the point. Here's what I'm saying. If you go back... Mm-hmm. And you think about the changes that have been made in corporations over the years as a result of that. And then I want you to think that in 2017, the human rights campaign turned its attention to health care, to hospitals, mm-hmm. to medical centers, 
So if you can, in your mind, go back to thinking about what companies once looked like, if you can even remember, if you can, if you can remember a time, because listen, here's what you have to know. When you see an advertisement, when you watch a commercial where a company features a man wearing lipstick or a company features a man holding hands with a man while these two men are supposedly raising a son. Okay. If, if, if you can think back, all right, when you see this happening, this is because these companies are trying to increase their scores. So all of this stuff is a part of their, their metric Mm -hmm. for determining that these companies are on board and that these companies are so-called safe companies. Now take that pressure And let's apply it to the medical community. Mm. Take that very subjective sort of like, you know, it's a a matter of um, maybe a battle of ideologies or, you know, maybe artistic liberty. Like, do we want to express ourselves in that way? What can we we can. okay, we will give them a little bit of footing in this area like, okay, this this. But now let's talk about the medical community where things are uh, for the sake of this discussion, zeros and ones not to mix metaphors and all that, but <laughs> it's black and white yeah. that it's yes or no, that it's male or female, that it's, this is your weight. This is not your weight. I cannot <laughs> look, look at somebody walk into a hospital and say, I identify as five, two, one, 21. <laughs> I'm what? No, ma'am. I'm five, two, 121 pounds. Treat me accordingly. Treat me <laughs> right. Like in, in no, in no place, in no place where, where you should be having any medical procedures done. Would people accept that? Mm. Now, there are some places where you probably should not have any work done. You should not have any (laughs) medical procedures done there. They will gladly accept that. But you would run if you were in your right mind. Right. So I want you to imagine those pressures being applied to our healthcare system and with dire consequences. What I would say, and I do not think that this is hyperbolic. What I would say is that the this health equality index Mm -hmm. that we're going to talk about today is a matter of life and death. Mm-hmm. The corporate equality index, in some ways, it's a matter of inconvenience. There are certain companies you could say, well, I'm just not going to shop there. I'm not going to do business with them. You know, you can. But man, yeah. when you start talking about people's health, like you, there's some things that you kind of cannot avoid. Like there's some areas you just kind of have to go into. You can say, well, I'm not going to go to the mall during June. I'm not going to open these apps during the month of June. I'm, I'm, there's some things you can do that you can live without. But basic medical care mm. now under the control of the human rights campaign. Man. Guys, that's a world I don't want to live in. That, that, is, that is a world that I don't want to live in. We're going to talk about that today. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Please stay right there. Have your way, Lord, have your way. This with all my heart, I say. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening. Boy, man, I tell you, you know, it's one of the, this just, oh, my goodness, it's so disturbing. It's so disturbing, you know, but anyway, <laughs> as, as you see these things happening, we can, we can understand the source. We can understand, <clears throat> excuse me, where it's coming from and, um, and prayerfully respond. My goodness. And, and all right, uh, I'm Miki. 
And I'm Will, and that was uh, Have Your Way by Five. And I just want to, before we get into more, sure. uh, just remind folks that you can still register for Marriage Family Life Conference 23. Uh, if you go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net, uh, you can get all the information there. But registration is still open until June 1st. And so uh, register for Mar- the Marriage Family Life Conference uh, 2023, uh, marriagefamilylife.net. There's a piece that um, was uh, sent to me. This is from the Washington Free Beacon. Uh, It's written by a man named Aaron Mm Sabarium. And um, he writes one nurse's account. Who She was a nurse at uh, Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C. And I'm just going to pick up. I'll I'll read uh, quite a bit of this. I think it's important for you to hear. And then uh, we'll take a look at the Health Care Equality Index and look at some of what they're boasting for uh, the year 2022. Again, remember, when you're on the Human Rights Campaign's website and and the Human Rights Campaign's website and they're boasting, mm-hmm. remember, that should be foreboding for us. Right. That's not so good. When, that's not good. So when <laughs> they are celebrating, we are mourning. Okay. Right. This, is, this means we're in trouble. All right. Here we go. The Washington Free Beacon. It was 2019 when Beth Rempe, then a nurse at Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C., first noticed the change. Doctors were wearing pins sporting the transgender flag. Nurses were asking children, most with no history of gender dysphoria, for their preferred pronouns, which were entered into an electronic record system and documented on whiteboards outside their rooms. Please follow me here. Okay. More patients were on puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones, especially young girls. And the top-ranked hospital was telling staff that people could change gender based on their mood, according to slides from a mandatory training reviewed by the Washington Free Beacon. The training, which was offered as recently as January, included a primer on Z, here, here, H-I-R pronouns and used a gender unicorn to illustrate the spectrum of other genders. Again, these are members of the medical community forced Mm -hmm. to go through a training that will teach them to use pronouns like Z. Okay, again. With respect for all other professions that are among us, this Mm -hmm. present one included, okay, with respect for all of the ways that we make a living, this present one included, there are some that we consider, you know, it takes a special caliber of person to be able to work in this particular industry, to be able to do this, to be able to provide these services. We, We think of these people as highly intelligent. We think of them as scientific. We think of them as matter of fact. They're dry when they talk to us sometimes, and we're okay with that because we want that. <laughs> we we want just straight up mm-hmm. and down, just the, just the right. facts, ma'am. Right. That's what we want, right? right? But now we are taking these people and we are telling them that they must suspend reality and we must re-educate you. Mm. We, okay, so I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. We'll talk about the medical community. All right, here we go. By 2022, Rempe said Children's National was requiring staffers to use a patient's preferred pronouns. No questions asked. Even as European medical authorities were backing away from that practice, warning that on-demand gender affirmation could entrench dysphoria rather than reduce it particularly in children. Amazing. Worried the policy did more harm than good, Rempe asked for an exemption, which the hospital denied. She quit in 2022. Quote, I was concerned that I would eventually have to administer puberty blockers and hormones, not just use the pronouns, Rempe told the Free Beacon. I kept finding myself in situations I wasn't comfortable with ethically. And this is the collision course that we're on, by the way. Let me pause for a second. This is Miki's commentary. This is, I'm no longer reading. This is the collision course that we are on. 
where it begins with seeding just a little bit of ground here, just a little bit there. We say, okay, well, I'm okay. I'll wear the apron. I'll do this. And that's, that's always how the enemy works, right? right. It's just like, oh, won't you just a little bit here? You're not going to die, die. Like, it's not going to be that bad, mm, right? A little leaven. And that's it. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. That's exactly what it is. And unfortunately, we are at the place where there's already been. It's no longer, I'm not going to, I'm not going to live in, you know, five years ago. I'm not going to mm. live in 10 years ago and tell you we are headed to a place. No, we're already at the place where we've already given up too much ground. Yeah. We've given up too much ground, right? So now we're not fighting from the place of advantage because we've already, because of, you know, polluted, completely polluted uh, compassion, your heartstrings being pulled on in ways where you were not protected by the breastplate of righteousness. And so you've given up so much ground in this country that we're not fighting from a place of advantage. At least, at least let me say this, not naturally speaking. Uh-huh. Not naturally speaking. All right, here we go. Back to the article. Since her departure, Rempe has struggled to make sense of what happened to the hospital where she spent 16 years of her professional life. Was there a common thread behind the transgender flag pins, the pronouns, the puberty blockers and the trainings and policies that enforce the new culture? As it turns out, there is an outside force pushing hospitals in this direction. There's always there's always an outside force. <laughs> there, I mean, hmm. there just is. All right, I'm skipping down here. Meet the healthcare equality index. The human man, these people are wicked. Yes. Guys, they are wicked. And that's And they are calculated. Are, they're influencing them. Yes. Yes. Demonic. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you something. While we remain, and this is what I, 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 I really am so sad about this for the body of Christ. While we seem to remain very disconnected, disoriented, always sort of like here and, and reactive and panic stricken. These people are slow and methodical and they're calculated and they will put in the time to write the mm -hmm. index and they will come up with the carefully crafted questions and they're going to float it out there. They're going to make sure it gets around and they're comfortable enough by being a fake victim or comfortable enough with being a fake victim that they don't care who they deceive. They don't care who they deceive. Right. They're mutilating the bodies of children and they feel like they have taken the high road. They're, they feel like they're on the right side of history. And, and, and we, and we, while we observe these things, we read some of these things, we don't really buy into it because we're like, well, I just don't want to offend people. All right, here we go. Meet the Healthcare Equality Index, the human, right, human rights campaign's scorecard for hospitals. <laughs> the scorecard for hospitals. Like, we got to be everywhere. Oh, man. It was a credit card that had that as their like thing. It was like wherever where you want to be. I don't remember. Mm. It was some. It, it was anyway, and just as destructive. Okay, mm. here we go. That purports to measure the equity and inclusion of their LGBTQ plus patients. The index, which uses a one hundred point scale. People, please lean in very closely. Okay. The index, uses a one hundred point scale, is funded by Pfizer and Pharma, mm. the trade association that lobbies. On behalf of large pharmaceutical companies. Wait mm -hmm. a minute. Wait. Uh -oh. Um, hold on. <laughs> okay. So I'm just a broadcaster. Um, mom of six. I love Jesus. Okay. So, but I just want to ask a question. Excuse me. Hey, psh, over here. There question. You go away. Um, so the corporate equality index mm -hmm. or the healthcare equality index that is being pushed by an organization that believes you should pump children with puberty blockers mm. and you should provide mm -hmm. or administer or abuse them mm -hmm. with 
sex reassignment surgery, which right. is a misnomer. Mm-hmm. You don't reassign someone's sex. Right. You are just who you are. You just <laughs> actually are removing healthy body parts. That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So this organization that believes you should do that to children with mm-hmm. impunity. Right. Okay. Is being funded mm-hmm. by a pharmaceutical company mm-hmm. that seeming or by pharmaceutical companies that yes. seemingly have a vested interest Cha-ching. in the Cha-ching. administering of these drugs. Cha-ching. Now, listen, guys, I'm not the sharpest. You're pretty sharp, though. In the, well, thank you. <laughs> in the pencil pouch. But my question is, does anyone think that that's kind of a conflict of interest? Uh, yeah. That, that the, it just, it's like, it, to me, it's so much like the Onceler. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> so much the Onceler, guys. You remember, mm-hmm. you remember the Lorax. It's so much like the Onceler. It's like, hmm, Oncey. And this just came <laughs> to me, you know. Like, we could help more children if we put pressure on hospitals to administer puberty-blocking drugs. We could put that pressure with the financial backing of the drug companies that will benefit from the administering of the drugs. Uh It's brilliant. Yes. It's brilliant. Guys, this would be a novel if it were not real life. This is real life. And this is America. And this is where we live. And the children are being experimented on and people are fattening and fattening their wallets. And mm-hmm. when you stand up and say something about it, you're the hateful one. Right. You, you are the one who doesn't care about the children. I'm, I'm saying I do care about the children. Right. I care about the 16-year-olds who have healthy breasts removed and then outgrow that phase and then want their breasts back and can't get them. They don't, it doesn't, they don't even have the mental capacity to understand that, no, that's a, that's a permanent thing that you did there. That's a permanent thing that you did. But we live in a culture, we live in a country that you can have pharmaceutical companies funding a healthcare index that puts pressure on hospitals to do certain things to keep their number up so that they can move about the country freely mm-hmm. and boast of being like, you know, we've got a perfect score on that HRC healthcare equality index thing over there. We got a perfect score. What does that mean, though? Like, what does that mean? Like, when you, when you boast of having a perfect score in that area, what you've just told us is that you are a liar, that you are medically reckless. You've just told us that you actually don't care about children. You've just told us that you're committed to a facade. You're probably better suited as a fiction writer, <laughs> not a doctor. So, so you boast of having a 100 on the healthcare equality index. What does that mean to me? That doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean anything to me. It means that you're a pushover. It means that you're a coward. It means that you are willing to lie to save yourself. So, so what are you boasting about? Right. That's, 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 those are the questions that we should be asking. Maybe not in that tone of voice, but just something similar. <laughs> All right. Here we All go. Right. Let me just read the line again, guys, because somebody, yeah, read like, that again. you were ordering your burger and then you, now you got it in your back. Yeah, yeah. All right. Here we go. This index this healthcare equality index, which uses a 100-point scale, is funded by Pfizer and Pharma, the trade association that lobbies on behalf of large pharmaceutical companies. And Rempe notice, this is the nurse we're talking about in this article here, it awards points for all of the policies her hospital, her former hospital, Children's National, implemented. So everywhere she saw these changes taking place, in other words, everywhere she saw the big push, like from every direction she saw the push coming, 
the corporate equality or corporate, the healthcare equality index just so happens to have those things as that's the metric. That's how we that's how we measure whether or not you're a good healthcare industry or healthcare institution. Right. That's that's how we measure that. Now, hmm. you know, when we say things like that, or when we raise questions, you know, it would be spat at us that we are the hateful ones. Because the pharmaceutical companies are really just trying they're just they're just trying to help these children. These children are confused. They don't need anyone pressing them on whether or not they're really in that body or not or outside of that body or they're male or female or zim male or bim male mm. or limb male or whatever they are. <laughs> Ew, we don't know. We who are we to ask those kinds of questions? You know, in the medical community, we don't deal in facts. We deal in feelings and we want to make people comfortable when they come into our medical centers. So if if you get a bad grade on this index, what does that mean for like where are the uh, hospitals and doctors that will say, man, I don't care. I'm not oh, doing yeah, that. that's great. That's great. So you've got to find those those uh, institutions, which they're out there, right? They're they're out there. Those institutions are going to be in the category of the people in high school who didn't care to be in the in crowd. <laughs> OK, because you see, this is what HRC has done. Guys, I'm telling you, this is when you all boil it down or as we say, when you burl it down, okay, you cook <laughs> it down, and you reduce it. What you're dealing with is a pressure to be in, a pressure to be among a certain group of people that they get to tell this is what we do. This this we are the people that are the progressives. We are the people who are doing right by society. We are the change agents. We we are my personal favorite. We are the change we want to see. <laughs> no, you're not the children. The children are the ones that you're changing. Mm. You're not the change you want to see. You're experimenting on little children. Hey. You're experimenting on young adults who really don't have, and they have demonstrated this time and again, they do not have the mental capacity to really comprehend what they're even requesting of you. And there was a time where the adults in the room were the ones who said, nah, you really don't know. Nah, we're not going to tattoo your face. Nah, I'm sorry, we're not going to tattoo your face. Here we go. To earn a perfect score, hospitals must display LGBT symbols, solicit and use patients' preferred pronouns, and conduct trainings on LGBT issues approved by the Human Rights Campaign. Man, Man these dudes. People. These right. people. All right. They must also provide the same treatments for gender dysphoria that they provide for other medical conditions. Meaning, now this is really interesting, right? That a hospital that uses <laughs> puberty blockers to treat precocious puberty, which is the purpose for the puberty blockers. That's, that was the original intent, to mm -hmm. treat precocious puberty. Mm -hmm. So you've got a child developing prematurely, then you would theoretically administer the puberty blockers as an aid to the child to slow down yeah. or to delay but now we are using that to tell children that they can actually change their gender, that they can block the body's natural progress, mm. the body's natural maturation, that you can you can stop this altogether. And it's interesting to me that we we want to give the medical community, you know, so much power in dealing with these what we clearly understand are spiritual issues, right. ah, spiritual issue. It's a religious issue, right? This belief. That you are born into the wrong body, that your that your spirit does not align with your body. We're gonna treat that with drugs. <laughs> oh man. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. Over 2,200 health systems, including dozens of children's hospitals, have been rated by the index. 
by the index. In 2022, Children's National earned a perfect score. That was the same year that the nurse quit. In 2022, they earned a perfect score, 100 out of 100. That means they jumped through all of the rings. Mm. And probably even some that were not held out for them. Right. All right, we'll grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. There's a world full of mercy and peace, mercy and peace waiting for me. There's a land for the lost and the least, where they dine with the king, waiting for me. Yeah, his holiness fills up the temple, still he took my sin and my shame. I didn't deserve to be rescued, still he has called me by name. I'll stand firm. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and I stayed on him, Terry on. Pray in this culture that we live in that the Lord renews your mind. You know, this is this happens through the reading of God's word uh, regularly and consistently with great discipline, mm-hmm. uh, endeavoring to hear and know the will of God, to draw close to the Lord, to understand the Lord's will. Like, you know, man, we, we have kind of two options. Uh, we can be conformed to the patterns of this world. Or we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And and I would tell you that when you resist what's happening in the culture, what you are effectively saying is that you can't have my mind. Mm. You can't have my mind. Do you understand <laughs> that in some ways these things are like they they are a type of a thought crime because you are being forced to think a certain way, right? Mm. Like you violate your conscience and and then you've you've got to live in such a way so as to suggest that you are happy about what you now believe. Mm. Like you can't, it's like, it's like the, don't be the first one to stop clapping. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like that's, that's kind of where we are now and everyone's so afraid. But what I'm, what I'm telling you is the boldness that we need to live in the time that we're in can only come through prayer and reading God's word. If if you're trying to navigate this life by only consuming news headlines and, and just like your sheer kind of like, I'm just, I'm mad. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that may be enough to get you through that headline, right? That may be <laughs> maybe, many more to come, but man. then there are more, there are more <laughs> and the foolishness abounds. Uh, so what I'm, what I am telling you is that if you are walking through this life and y- you know, you're trying to do that in your own strength, that's a futile effort. Yeah. That is a futile effort. And it's, man, it, it's, it's losing. If, if winning is complete and total dependence on the Lord, uh, turning to his word, having your mind renewed and reshaped mm. by the word of God. This is this is how you're able to resist. Let me go back to this article here. And I, I do want to try to squeeze in some phone calls. But this is this is how we find ourselves resisting the reshaping that is happening in America. Those of us who have been so frustrated by, you know, some of our contemporaries is because we're frustrated because we are reading God's word and we can't understand how they are being so duped. We're like, how in the world? Like what? Like, like mm. I can't believe that you've given into this, that you've. And, and so what is being revealed in many people is Bible illiteracy. So there's a lot of people who are not reading the Bible. And we see this now coming to the surface and what they are willing, willing to accept, what they're willing, willing to adopt. Um, we see this. We see the lack of prayer evident in so many people's lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what we are witnessing. Yeah. So for those of us who will 
truly maintain, um, as we call it, sanity, right? Having your mind girded up, having your mind protected, having your mind ready for battle, having your mind ready for action. It's going to be those of us who are steeped in the word of God. That's it. And it's not going to make us popular. You're not going to be invited to a lot of family events and a lot of family family functions. But, I mean, that's fine. You, you, you may not advance in your career anymore in this country like you once could because you were a Bible-believing Christian. But this is the question that this is what we ask our kids. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this is what we ask ourselves. And this is what I want to encourage you to ask yourself. Is he worthy? Hmm. Is Jesus worthy? Is he worthy that you would suffer? This is a moment that you're suffering, right? For the, for the, for the righteousness of Christ, for the glory of God uh, to be displayed in your life. Meaning that I'm not going to use people's preferred pronouns. I don't care how immense the pressure. I mean, can you imagine 16 years invested in this hospital and this nurse was like, look, I'm not doing this. Like I, <laughs> I'm just, I'm not going to do this. And she was afraid that eventually it was going to grow to we've got to administer the puberty blockers. And I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to uh, willfully injure a child when I have said I will do no harm. Well, at least, mm. you know, maybe the doctors say that. But the nurses agree. They're not going <laughs> to do any harm either. All right. Back to the article. The most coercive part of the index is its responsible citizenship deduction. Hospitals can lose as many as 25 points for any behavior the human rights campaign deems discriminatory. Wow. An expansive category that includes statements made by hospital doctors and policies that restrict access to gender medicine, including puberty blockers. Okay, wait. So, so like, zoom in, <laughs> pinch and expand. Here we go. Zoom in on this, right? What we're saying is, if we, if we feel like, or if you, yourself, because this is, I think this is self-reporting. Last time I checked, these, these, uh, this index is handed out to the hospital and then the hospital self-reports. So, if the hospital is saying we're not going to administer the puberty blocking drugs. Then the hospital gets docked points on the healthcare equality index. Mm -hmm. If the hospital wants to be in good standing with HRC and its index, then the hospital will do all of the things, including administer the puberty blocking drugs, which also pass the pockets of the pharmaceutical companies that back the index. Make it a movie, somebody. Please, somebody make it a movie. If you make it a movie and TLC gets a hold to it, like if you make, then, then Americans' eyes will be open. So like you can tell people this. You can, read, you can read this in the article. You can tell people this and you're like, guys, this is what they're doing. And they're like, I don't know. I, I just don't. I mean, are people really that evil? And, and but you again, put it in a movie. And again, these points. So like are these like shame points, uh, like these points, like, who t- who who's taking these points and saying, okay, thus this means that your hospital is what the cool kids? Man, see the that's cool what kids. we need some backbone. We need some, you know, some more nurses like this that will say, look, I quit. Then it needs to be some doctors that will say, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah, because it's going to persist if being a cool kid is the highest priority. Because they set up these points. And these points, like, what's going to happen? Well, I'll tell you what happens. Here, here is what I think eventually happens. And I'm not uh, well versed enough in how boards work, especially medical boards. I don't know enough about it that. Got to be some money being lost somewhere. super intelligently to that. But I will say yeah. this: what what eventually happens is you move from a place of this is best practice mm-hmm. to like now this is kind of board certified stuff. This is this is uh, what you have to do. Mm-hmm. That's in my mind. Yeah. This is where this ultimately goes. Yeah. That it becomes something. It's it's kind of getting back to on the education side. <clears throat> excuse me. It gets back to accreditation. 
Right. So if you have this pedagogy and you say this is these are the basic things, this is what we have to do um, in order for your school to be accredited. These are the mm-hmm. the, the standards you mm-hmm. have to meet. If you start doing that in the medical community and all of that is is pushed by the human rights campaign. I mean, there's really no line between the science and ideology. There's no there's no line between science and people's feelings. Right. Because now what you have is you have a pressure based on ideology to affect science, to affect what we thought was like, OK, we can test it. We can repeat it. Mm-hmm. We can measure it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just I don't I guess this is this to me. And I, it feels a little bit frightening to me. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? No, because yeah, now it's... you're going to go into places yeah. where people are going to be doing things to you mm-hmm. and saying things to you based on external pressure right. that is an ideological push from not, not based on medicine yeah 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 you're right I, you see I, what i'm I saying it's that. not yeah. it's like it's like you got a person guys listen to me i want you to get a picture of it you've got a man sitting in a room wearing lipstick and high heels and he is now deciding the type of health care you get <laughs> is he in the medical community no 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 he's not does he have a medical background? No, no. Then why is he making decisions about what should happen within the walls of a hospital? Because he's a man who wears lipstick and high heels. Mm-hmm. And because in America, that's what we do. Because we elevate oppressed voices. Even if those voices cannot intelligently contribute to the questions that are being asked. If, if, if I've got a medical question I want someone from the medical community with who's been trained in that discipline to answer my question. That's what I that's what I want. Like, I appreciate your niceties. Thank you so much for telling me that. OK, well, we're standing here with you. <laughs> Thanks. OK. Um, excuse me for a second, doctor. That's what I that's what I want. Doctor. <laughs> what do we know about this? Doctor, has there been any research on this? Doctor, what are the studies showing? That's nah, that's that's that. what we used to. Don't worry about that. <laughs> don't worry about that. Jack. Well, who is now Jane? I'm sorry. <laughs> Jane says that we should. And so therefore we're going to yeah. how weak man guys. I'm telling you, it, it really blows my mind. It's like I there was an article. Let me and I pulled it up because I remembered reading this article. I guess it was last month. I can check the date of it. But I remember reading it, reading it and um, and kind of shaking my head at it and thinking, oh, that'd be good for a Friday story because, you know, good for this doctor. But I kind of feel like this kind of folds into what we're discussing today. Yeah, this was in April. So back in April, there's a doctor in Scotland who went to donate blood because they had low blood supplies. And so this doctor went to donate blood. But here he goes. He walks in. He's a 41-year-old man, clearly a man. He walks in, and on his donation form to donate blood, he's got to check whether or not he's carrying a child. Okay, let me open the phone lines. 888-589-8840. I'm going to go back to this. 888-589-8840. We're talking about the Health Care Equality Index. Um, He's got to check whether or not he's uh, carrying a child. And so he was like, I refuse to check that box. Right. He's like, he's like, he's a 41 year old doctor. He goes, he goes, why are you asking me to check the box to answer whether or not I'm currently carrying a child? I'm a man. And he, and, and, and so he was not allowed to donate. And he said that there's some people who said that, you know, he should have checked Goodness. the box just to, just to be able to help people in need. And he's like, no, I'm not playing but see, those that's games. That's the thing. 
That's what they exactly. want you to do. Just check the box. Yes, just check the box. Just bow down and worship when the, when the lute and the, and the lyre on. and all the mu- musical instruments play. Just just bow yes, down. That's it. Oh, you can that's avoid it. that burning furnace if you just Come bow on. down. That's it. Check the box. That's it. Check the box. Because listen, and then look at how they want to they want to flip this on you. You would deny people blood because you just won't check a box. <laughs> look at what he said. He said, "Quote: I can't believe they." would refuse a donation from a man based on the fact I refused to say if I was pregnant. <laughs> I refuse. This is, oh my goodness. So, so now that's in Scotland. <sighs> okay, that's in Scotland. But I was reminded of this story and looking at the, what we're talking about today because I think like, man, these are the kinds of pressures that are really put on the healthcare industry worldwide. <laughs> but specifically, we're looking at what's going on in the United States of America. The types of things that are being foisted upon children and parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just absolutely mind-boggling. I, I saw another, um, some, uh, our brother Jameson sent, uh, an, uh, oh my goodness, it's from Planned Parenthood, oh, yeah. where they are now um, venturing into the quote-unquote transgender care. <laughs> both of those in quotes, okay? Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. Another. So, like. so now they, they're going to do everything they can do to help the children because they care so much about the children. That's that's they care so much about the children. That's why they like to rip them from mother's mm. wombs. They care about the children, guys. And what was interesting, I'm gonna go to the phone lines after I say this. What was interesting is that in all of their care, the Planned Parenthood and and, and and you know, the transgender confusion, in all of their care, they say they wanna limit the trauma. So they want to use your preferred uh, names and they want to use your preferred pronouns, but they said there are going to be some places where it's just unavoidable and we can't do it. We're going to have to use your given name. We're going to have to use your birth name, your assigned name. And guess what area that is in? Insurance. Mm. So we got to make sure we get paid. So we really, we need you legal. Okay. Like I I care about your feelings, but uh, run me the coins. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. Where do we go? Will the great. Let's go to Kathy in Arkansas. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Hey, Will and Nikki. Hi, Kathy. How are y'all? Good. God bless you. Uh, well, I this is just so sad. I just can't even believe her at this point. But I think the bigger um, point of it all is mm. population control. Mm. I think it's a bigger, mm-hmm. darker, um, sinister mm. uh, for this whole green and population control yeah. is what I think. Because yeah. if you, you know, sterilize everybody, hey, you control the population. Kathy, I think you're on to something. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this is such this has been a part of the national conversation. You've got some really wicked people who are desperate to control the population. Right. It's, it's a religion for them. So I don't disagree with you on that. Not only sterilization, but even people refusing to reproduce, to procreate. Like, so when you confuse people on their sex and their sexuality, and we know what it takes to reproduce, and, and now you're, you're trying to create couples that do not have the capacity to do that, then in addition to the sterilization, you also have population control. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Will the Great, where do we go next? D in Texarkana. Hi, D. Hey, how are you doing today? Good, good. Wow. I um, just have a comment on the indices, and I've worked in the healthcare industry uh, industry for over 40 years. That mm-hmm. these indices are being used for reimbursement of services rendered, uh, can affect the percentage of reimbursement, and can affect being terminated from insurances reimbursing at all. Medicare the and hospitals? Medicaid have used them for years. 
the hospitals, hospitals, doctors' offices, uh, anyway, anywhere. And it's not so much that the uh, transgender and those those areas. I don't know if those have been included yet, but I foresee that that's coming. But uh, wellness checks for health care on Medicaid and Medicare, um, the doctor's offices and um, especially have to have a certain percentage of those that are done each year for wellness checks. So uh, the indices are oh. financially based and for the transgenders and the puberty blockers, that's yeah. all coming. Oh, my goodness. So, OK, I, I, I you've given me sort of like a, a place to start and looking into this. I'm wondering if hospitals have had that kind of pressure to meet those markers for financial reimbursement. OK, as it pertains to transgenderism. Mm. We're out of time. Thank you, D. I appreciate you until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.